Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Let us pray. Lord God, we come before you again, uh, looking to your word for direction and for comfort, for assurance and for hope. Uh, we pray that you would uh, strengthen your people to give us endurance and delight. We ask, Father, that you would have uh, pity upon your children, wherever they may be, that you would watch out for us and care for us, providing things both needful for the body and the soul, that you would care for those who suffer or are afflicted, and that you would lift us up by your word to the hope of everlasting life. We pray that you would be with us this evening as we look at your word uh, from the epistle to the Hebrews that you gave by inspiration, and we pray that you would build us up uh, through uh, faith in your Son, Jesus Christ. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Uh, so far, the author of uh, this epistle has um, extolled the glory of Jesus, the Son of God, by whom God has spoken in a final, definitive way, that uh, he has uh, proved this claim if, by expositing scriptures from the Old Testament, um, how he is greater than the angels, and the angel's word proved reliable, so... How much more should we attend to his word? And that he became man um, and received glory and honor. And he came, became man to, to save, uh, to save sinners, uh, to be our high priest, to help the offspring of Abraham. And uh, now he will pick up from that at the beginning of chapter 3. Let's listen to God's word. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> in this um, shorter section, verses 1 through 6, the point is made uh, that you ought to hold fast to Jesus, particularly because he is as good as Moses and better. He is greater than Moses, uh, and therefore we should hold fast to him. Uh, we should consider him. We should set our minds upon him uh, because he is faithful like Moses and is even more glorious than Moses, being not merely a servant in God's house who is faithful, but God's son who is set over God's household. 
let's take this piece by piece then. Uh, the first verse is basically kind of a review uh, of what he has said in chapter 2, or at least he, he does sum up some of those themes as he exhorts his readers or his hearers to consider Jesus. Consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession. He exhorts them as holy brothers, uh, you who share in a heavenly calling. Now notice that the author here calls Christians, his fellow Christians, holy brothers. Now, it's often common in scripture to, to describe uh, the saints as brothers. Uh, but here, there's, he has just described more of the significance behind that fact, that we are indeed brothers um, with one heavenly father. And Jesus was not ashamed to call us brothers, as he, our elder brother, the firstborn, the heir of all things, has indeed uh, accomplished salvation for his brothers. Uh, and that has uh, been described already, that we might be called uh, children of God and be brought to glory and to share the glory that uh, he has. And so he says, therefore, holy brothers, you know, sacred brothers sanctified by Jesus. He is the one who sanctifies, and we are the ones who are sanctified. That was chapter 2, verse 11. Uh, we have one source, one you know, the, the Father, and uh, Jesus has is, is bringing us to glory for sharing in our flesh and blood and then laying that down to death, propitiating for our sins that we might be reconciled to God. Not only that, not only are we called holy brothers, and that was one of my applications, right? Jesus was not ashamed to call uh, the elect brothers, uh, the saints brothers, um, even though he was God himself. Therefore, we should not be ashamed to call uh, the saints brothers, uh, whether or not we immediately connect with them or not. Um, and the epistle to the Hebrews does that very thing. Uh, he also describes them as those who have a heavenly calling. What is this heavenly calling? That recalls the fact that God is bringing many sons to glory. Uh, that is uh, what God is doing, and we who are, are part of his household have this calling, this destiny uh, of heavenly glory, that Jesus himself now uh, is seated with honor and glory, uh, bringing us to glory as well. And, and so we have this destiny uh, in, in the world to come, the kingdom of God, which is already present and continually coming and will culminate with his return. So we have this heavenly calling. We are holy brothers. Therefore, we should consider Jesus. The, the thought there is not merely a casual consider him, but, but to think about him and to look to him, kind of set your minds on Jesus, uh, keep him before you. Uh, it has almost a, a visual sense, you know. Look to Jesus and uh, think about him, consider him. Uh, particularly the fact that he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. It is important to be thinkers and to be thinking about the right things and to have our focus fixed. Uh, the things which are important. You should have Jesus Christ 
uh, set before you as the one whom you follow on Sunday, on Monday, on Tuesday, uh, to have him uh, before you as, as your model, as your Lord, as your protector and Savior. Consider Jesus. Pay attention to him. He is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Now, this is the only time that the Bible calls Jesus uh, the apostle or, or an apostle, but the one of the root words for apostle, the, the idea of being sent, is commonly used of Jesus. And in fact, he says, I believe it's in the Gospel of John, that as the Father has sent me, so I send you, speaking of his apostles, that he is the apostle of God, being the Son, uh, who is God, who perfectly represents his Father, uh, who is his uh, sent representative. Uh, the idea of an apostle is, is somewhat like an ambassador, uh, someone who is sent out as a, a representative. Uh, and so then he sends the apostles with the same message um, and proclaiming Christ uh, in his name. Uh, but Jesus is the, the, the original. He is the one who has spoken. <clears throat> he is the one by whom God has spoken. Uh, and he is the apostle, the apostle and high priest. Uh, that is his work of salvation uh, for us that he accomplished as the apostle. And he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Uh, that is, he, he is the focus of our confession. We confess him. He is the apostle and high priest of, of our religion, of our uh, faith, uh, that we look to him to be saved, and we look to him for direction. So consider Jesus. He has been appointed uh, by God for this work of salvation. We should not neglect him. So consider Jesus. And now he's going to give you an additional reason uh, all the more to consider Jesus. Not only is he greater than the angels, uh, but he is the apostle and high priest, and uh, he compares him to Moses. And that's our second point in verse 2. Jesus was faithful like Moses. Before contrasting him with Moses, first he describes how he is similar to Moses. Both men were faithful in God's house or with respect to God's house. Uh, Jesus and Moses were both appointed by God. Uh, they didn't just come up with the idea themselves. Uh, they didn't just like think one day, oh, I'll, I'll lead God's people, or, or I'm going to be a priest. You know, people don't get to be a priest uh, in their own whim. You know, they are uh, the son, even though he's eternal God, he, uh, for our salvation, uh, took on this uh, appointed uh, role and task, and uh, came as our Savior. So both were faithful to their charge. The Father gave the Son a, a people to save, and he accomplished that redemption. Uh, Moses had a charge. He was called at the burning bush. He was somewhat reluctant, but he was sent by God, and he accomplished that task to gather the people out of Egypt and to set things in order at Sinai and to lead them to the promised land. And it was important to listen to Moses. When this verse says, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house, this is an allusion to a passage from the Old Testament, one that is very important for his point. 
Uh, let me turn to that. It's in Hebrews chapter, tw- sorry, not Hebrews, Numbers chapter 12. In Numbers chapter 12, uh, Moses had a brother and sister named Miriam and Aaron. And Miriam and Aaron began to speak against Moses. They said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken also through us? And so they're beginning to perhaps be a little jealous of Moses and his position and start to speak against him. And the Lord heard it. And the Lord stood up for Moses and called the three of them to his tent. And when they got there, the Lord came down in a pillar of cloud and stood at the entrance of the tent and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forward. And he said, Hear my words, if there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak with him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. When I speak to him, with him I speak mouth to mouth, clearly and not in riddles, he beholds the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. When the cloud removed from over the tent, behold, Miriam was leprous like snow. And Aaron turned toward Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. Miriam uh, is eventually restored, but uh, she has to uh, spend time outside the camp, and uh, she's struck with leprosy, and, and they repent. It was a very serious thing to speak against Moses. When the people grumbled against Moses, when they rebelled against Moses, the God acted. He he judged rebellions. He uh, actually kept the people out of the promised land when they failed to follow Moses' instruction uh, to enter the promised land. Why? Well, because Moses wasn't just some man. He was a faithful servant to the Lord, and he spoke God's word. So Moses was important to listen to. He was as Verse 7 particularly says, He is God's servant, my servant Moses, and he is faithful in all my house. And that's the allusion that Hebrews is saying, not only by saying that he is faithful in God's house, uh, but he's also going to call Moses his servant. In fact, he's going to use the word for servant that's not used anywhere else in the New Testament, but is used in the Greek translation of uh, Numbers 12, 7. So a very obvious uh, allusion to that point. And so if it's important to listen to Moses, because he was a faithful servant of God, it is also important to listen to Jesus, because he is also a faithful servant uh, in God's house, uh, with respect to God's house. Therefore, you should listen to him with as much seriousness as you would have given Moses, or as you should have given Moses, if you uh, had been among that people. But then the, this letter is going to go even further. In verses uh, 3 through the beginning of verse 6, Jesus not only is like Moses, but he is worthy of more glory than Moses. That's Uh, Not only is he faithful like Moses, but he is a son uh, over God's house rather than a servant in God's house. This actually starts in, yes, verse 3. For Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Remember, Jesus has been crowned with glory and honor. 
chapter 2 that is mentioned. And that alludes how Jesus was uh, enthroned in heaven uh, with his enemies under his feet uh, on God's throne. Um, and so Moses was not enthroned like that. He did not receive that glory and honor. Uh, but Jesus has ascended to heaven, seated, seated at the Father's right hand uh, with all authority in heaven and on earth. So Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. Now, the word house here can mean a, a building, and it can also mean a household. Uh, and household is probably a little bit more of uh, the idea, or at least it, it metaphorically refers to the household of God, uh, even if it uses the imagery of building a house to communicate that. Uh, but Jesus is the builder of the house in this analogy, uh, or sometimes the founder of a household. Is It can be used that way as well. Uh, he is the builder. Moses is part of the house, uh, that which is glorious, but not as glorious as the one who built it. Uh, Jesus is the one who builds the house. Um, this was prophesied in First uh, Chronicles 17, where God makes a covenant with David, and with respect to the Messiah who would come from him, uh, God says, he shall build a house for me. You know, God had said, I will build your house, David, uh, giving you offspring and, and, and raising them up to uh, royal throne. But uh, your son, your heir, he shall build a house for me, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. That last part has already been quoted in Hebrews in chapter 1. Uh, so it's no surprise that there's an allusion here to the verse right before it that the Son of God, who would be the Messiah from David, would be the builder of God's house and not merely a servant in it. This is also we see uh, in chapter 2 that he is not merely a brother, but he is the elder brother, the, the, the firstborn, the ruler, the heir of all things, the ruler of the house, who sanctifies the brethren, who makes us a holy people, uh, who saves us indeed as our high priest. So he is the builder of the people of God. Moses, as we saw, was faithful in God's house as a servant. Uh, he was faithful in that task, but he uh, was not the, uh, the heir of the home. The household. And his role also, it says, was to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. He was not the final prophet. In fact, in Deuteronomy 18, he prophesied that the Lord would raise up a prophet like me, and you should listen to him. Jesus is that final prophet. So Moses spoke uh, of things to come, that he was not the final word. And the Mosaic ceremonies also pointed to an, a, a redemption which would be accomplished. They were provisional, and we're going to learn more about that in Hebrews. So he was a servant, he was in the house, and he spoke of things to come. Jesus, though, is, instead of a servant, he is a son, the son of God. Uh, he is not in the house, but over the house. Uh, that is said in verse 6. Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And he is not speaking of things uh, to be accomplished later, but he is 
the final word in these last days. Uh, and so not uh, pointing forward with types and shadows like uh, some of the word that Moses delivered was. So uh, Jesus is the son. He is the heir. Like the parable of the talents uh, picks up this theme as well, that the prophets were faithful servants being sent to the people of God who are like tenants in the vineyard. Um, but Jesus is the son and the rebellious tenants saw him and thought, if we kill him, the heir, then we will get the vineyard. Um, but no, they ought to have received the son and heir that they would have a place in the vineyard. Uh, because The rebellious ones are cast out and the son brings new people to be part of his household uh, as they uh, cultivate his vineyard. And so as important as it was and even is to listen to Moses, a faithful prophet of God, how much more should you heed the gospel of Christ to which Moses himself pointed? Uh, we should uh, embrace the whole word of God, uh, but uh, realizing that um, we have the, the final and permanent administration of God's house under the, the Son himself in the New Testament. Uh, and so this is going to argue for the fact that Believers ought not to fall back into the uh, ceremonies of the Old Covenant as if Christ had not yet come, but to go forward onto the, uh, the realities that are now in place under Jesus Christ, uh, to no longer sacrifice animals, but to look to the sacrifice of the Son, not to um, uh, continue the, the ritual ceremonies of the Old Covenant, uh, but to uh, pay heed to the, the baptism and the Lord's Supper and the things that Christ has instituted to represent uh, his accomplishment uh, once for all of redemption. So Jesus is over the household. He is our king, our head, our master. Uh, he is the firstborn, the heir, the ruler of the household. So heed his directions. He creates this household. He brings people into it. Uh, we are in because we follow him. He organizes the household. He says, this is your job. This is your job. You, this is your place in the household. He organizes it as the head of a household would. He administers it. He, he brings forth the provisions. He gives everyone their allotment. He uh, administers it and disciplines it and uh, continues to care for it. That's what he does for his church. He protects it against uh, those who would seek to harm it. Uh, he directs how you live and he uh, defines your duties in the household, in the church. What is your position? What is his position? Uh, he prescribes the worship of the church. He prescribes the government of the church. Uh, he is, uh, through the apostles, instructed us how the church ought to be organized. It's different in some ways than the church under Moses, which was good for that time, but now it's uh, different for good reasons, uh, fitting for the administration of Christ. Uh, he appoints the ordinances <clears throat> of the church as his way of administrating his uh, household. Uh, the preaching of the gospel, baptism of the Lord's Supper, prayers and praise 
songs, uh, church discipline, uh, the fellowship of the saints. Uh, he has set forward what the life of his church and the ordinances of his church uh, ought to look like. And so these things uh, supersede the mosaic ceremonies, which pointed to things to come. And they also are final in a way that no man should seek to add to them, uh, to get creative and to uh, seek to be that head of the household, as the Church of Rome has often done, even uh, appointing a pope to be over the household, uh, supposedly as the vicar of Christ, adding traditions uh, to what Christ himself appointed. So no, we should go back to the word and listen to what we have heard, how the church, the house is to be run, and how one uh, is a member of the household. And that is what we get to at the end of this passage. Uh, the last point, that we are his house if we hold fast. And verse 6, And we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Notice that this means that there is um, one house of God. There is a, a unity in God's people. He has been speaking of the house of God, and he's only been speaking of one house. In this house, the house of God, Moses was in the house. He was a servant, and Jesus is the son who is over it. Um, he is the builder of the house. Moses was, was part of the house. And so there's one house that spans the Testaments. Uh, it's the same house that was in existence in the Old Testament that continues on now under the New Testament. It may be a new administration, uh, the son now having ascended into heaven and uh, given us his, his gospel, the new covenant. But it is nevertheless the same a house, the same house of God. Uh, and so uh, we are God's house in common with our Old Testament fathers. As Paul said in the letter to the Ephesians, so then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. And we are God's house if we hold fast to our confidence and our boasting and our hope. This alludes back to verse 1, that we have our confession uh, that points to Jesus. He is our confidence and our boasting. He is the ground uh, of our hope, uh, and we need to hold fast to him and not depart from the very thing that is our confidence. Not everyone is in this house. We may be in this house. Abraham is in this house. Moses is in this house. Uh, we uh, are part of one household that spans the generations and centuries, but not everyone is in this household. We are his house if we place our faith in Jesus Christ, if we hold fast to this faith in Jesus Christ. Even the those who are born into this house, think of the, the Jews, which this letter is especially written to, they were members conditionally uh, if they continued in faith. But some were cut off due to unbelief when they rejected Christ, for example. Uh, Christ is the master of the house, the builder of the house. Those who continue with faith in him are members of his household. Uh, and yes, true faith will persevere. 
And so let us be sure to exercise true faith and, and persevere, therefore, uh, proving that faith uh, to be sure and well-founded upon Jesus Christ. Hold fast. <clears throat> do not abandon this hope uh, as people have been tempted to do. These people were tempted to do so. Persecution probably was on the horizon. It would have been easy to slip back into the synagogue and avoid the persecution coming upon the Christians. There are pressures upon Christians today, and you might be tempted to, to back away from Jesus and some of his teachings at least, and back away further to avoid that. But no, we need to hold fast to our confidence and our boasting, uh, the grounds of our hope. So we, we urge outsiders uh, to come to faith in Christ and share in this confidence to be God's house, to be part of God's house. And we exhort insiders, those who are inside already, to hold fast to your confidence, hold fast to your boasting, endure upon this foundation. Jesus is the basis of our confidence, our boasting, and our hope. For he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. So in, in summary, Moses was a faithful servant of God. Notice that throughout this book, um, and especially so far, it does not denigrate the old covenant. It doesn't uh, tear down angels in order to build up the sun. It doesn't tear down Moses to make Jesus look better. No, it's the angels are, are high. Moses is faithful. Uh, and yet Jesus is greater. And yet Jesus all the more ought to be paid attention to. Uh, it is a powerful argument uh, that Moses was a faithful servant of God, uh, but he pointed to one who was greater, the faithful son of God, the apostle and high priest of our confession, the one who is over the house of God and reigns as such from heaven today. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the salvation that you have granted us, incorporating us into your household, given, making us heirs in Christ and with Christ, uh, that we might be exalted with him. We thank you for uh, delivering us by him and for uh, taking to yourself a people in every generation, uh, from ancient times even to today that we might be part of this heritage of grace. We pray that you would continue to draw people to yourself, bringing them into your household through the Lord Jesus Christ, and that his power would go forth into all the earth. We pray also that you would uh, uh, work among your household, that you would bless his reign over his household, that it might be a, a church that brings glory to you, that listens and follows uh, the instructions that you have given. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.